Hi everyone, welcome back to Daily Manna, where we're learning to feed on the Word of God chapter by chapter. My name is Andrew, and today we are starting on the book of Titus. The book of Titus is a letter written by Paul to Titus. The main content of this book is the matter of maintenance of the order in the church. This book was written after Paul had been released from his first imprisonment. Paul has spent a certain amount of time in a Roman prison. While he was there, he could not minister to the churches. He could not help the churches that had been raised up under his ministry. So the churches had actually passed through a time of testing while Paul was locked up in the Roman prison. Certain of the churches became disorderly during this time. Thus, after his release from prison, Paul visited various places, including the city of Ephesus and the island of Crete. Titus 1.5 mentioned that Paul asked Titus to stay in Crete to take care of the churches in the area. Realizing the situation of the churches, Paul was burdened to write this epistle to Titus and to give instruction on how to maintain the proper order in the local church. The main thing he charged Titus to do is to appoint elders in every city, which means to appoint elders in every church. So when the elders are established, there's authority, or we can say the proper authority in that particular local church. With proper authority, the order in the church can be maintained. Since Paul's burden in the book of Titus is on the establishing of proper elders and how to maintain order in the local church, it is worthwhile to see some of the speaking in the Bible regarding how the Lord Jesus raised up Paul to be an apostle. There are at least four aspects of Paul's apostleship that we can see in the book of Titus and also in the books of First and Second Timothy. Let's start with Titus chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Paul, a slave of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's chosen ones, and the full knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness, and the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the times of the ages. From these two verses, we see Paul's apostleship is according to the faith of the chosen ones, and according to the full knowledge of the truth. Paul considered himself and all the believers as God's chosen ones, we were chosen by God the Father before the foundation of the world and selected from mankind for salvation. We did not choose God. God chose us. And as such, the only thing we should do is to praise and thank Him for His choosing. As believers, what it really means is that we do not believe in ourselves. We admit that we are not able to fulfill God's requirement. So the first meaning of faith is to declare to God, I am nothing. I cannot do it. I cannot satisfy God's demands. I do not have within me to do whatever God requires me to do. This brings us to the second meaning of faith, which is to receive God into us. John 1.12 says, But as many as receive them, to them he gave the authority to become children of God, to those who believe into his name. This verse in John indicates what happens when we believe into the Lord's name. Our believing is also our receiving. To believe is to receive Christ as the eternal life that enables, empowers, and gives us the capacity to fulfill God's requirement. Faith is a wonderful, marvelous thing. Paul was declaring he was an apostle according to the faith of the chosen ones. All those who have been chosen by God have received from God this precious faith. With this faith, we can receive all that God wants to give us. Titus 1.1 also mentioned that Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the full knowledge of the truth. The matter of the truth is also very critical. When we believe, we receive everything from God. We receive God's divine life, God's divine nature. We also receive the divine spirit into our human spirit. We receive so many marvelous things through faith. But full knowledge of the truth is the full realization and appreciation of the reality of the things we have received. In addition to faith, we need to 
have the full knowledge of the truth so that we can realize and enjoy what we have received. If we don't realize and appreciate what we have received, how can we enjoy it? Based on our own experience, the more we know and learn the truth, the more experience improves because our knowing and learning of the truth brings us to more experience of Christ. I also want to bring you a couple other verses from First and Second Timothy. In First Timothy 1.1, Paul says he is an apostle of Christ Jesus according to the command of God and of Christ Jesus. Then in 2 Timothy 1.1, he speaks of himself as an apostle through the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. Two more aspects of Paul's apostleship that we see from these two verses is first, according to the command of God, and second, according to the promise of the eternal life. As an apostle, Paul was not self-selected or self-appointed. It was through the command of God. This is often how God deals with us and with His people. First, God commands us, or God will require something of us. Then, He comes in as life that enables us to fulfill the requirements. We see this principle very clearly in Genesis. In the beginning of the Bible, God created man according to his image and likeness. Man was created in a very particular way, such that man can be the very expression of God. Even though God did not give Adam a list of commandments, like the Ten Commandments that he gave to Moses, still there was a certain requirement that God had put upon this man Adam. God wanted Adam to express him and manifest what God is. However, apart from God's life and God's supply, Adam did not have the capacity to express God. That is why in Genesis 2, it tells us that God put Adam in the garden. In that garden, there was the tree of life. The tree of life is a symbol representing God himself as life to man. If Adam would eat the tree of life, he would receive the very God as eternal life into him. And this eternal life of God would be the rich and bountiful supply that would enable Adam to fulfill God's requirement and meet God's demands. If Adam would receive the tree of life, he spontaneously would have the capacity to express and manifest God. I believe it is the same situation here with Paul. Imagine how Paul felt when he received God's command to be an apostle. In Ephesians 3.8, Paul considers himself as the least of all saints. Paul said, To me, less than the least of all saints, was his grace given to announce to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ as the gospel. Paul might have told the Lord that he cannot fulfill this high requirement to become an apostle, but then the Lord would be in Paul, the very life that is able to meet the requirement. God himself in Paul became the eternal life to be the life supply to support Paul to carry out God's commission. Whenever God has a requirement or a demand, he actually does not expect us to fulfill that demand in ourselves. To admit to the Lord that we cannot fulfill God's requirement does not make us a defeated believer. This is actually music to God's ear. Instead of telling the Lord, Okay, Lord, I'll do my best. I'll do it. We should tell the Lord, Lord, I cannot. I do not have the capacity. Lord, I need something from you. I need you yourself to enter into me to fulfill your own requirement in me and through you. This is what God wants to hear from us. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in and keep enjoying the Bible.